The Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today podcast is brought to you in part by Columbia Academy, Jones and Lang Sporting Goods, Zion Christian Academy, Custom Stone Handlers, Covenant Technology, Coach's Corner, Fast Stop Convenience Stores, Lee Company, and Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint has been the official sports medicine provider for Murray County Schools for more than 40 years. Specializing in orthopedic injuries, their ortho-quick walk-in service lets you bypass the ER. Visit them online at mtbj.net. The pros and everything in between. It's Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today. Live from the Lee Company Studio. With the Hall of Famer Mo Patton, here's Chris Yow. Welcome back in to Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today, presented by Mid Tennessee Bone and Joints. Coming to you from the Lee Company Studio, WZYX 94.5 The Eagle, WKOM 1017 FM, Facebook, Twitter. YouTube, sm-tnsports.com. Wherever you happen to be hearing us, if it's on the podcast, we appreciate you being there as well. Glad to have you. It is, it's going to be a, a really interesting fall throughout college sports, so I'm excited to get to that point. But first... Before we talk college football, we need to tell you about our friend Jason Egley, who takes care of all of your insurance needs across the board. Farmer's agent Jason Egley, you can give him a call at 615-250-2723. Visit farmersagent.com slash Jason Egley. If you're an educator... Jason's going to give you a discount on your insurance premiums, so make sure that you take care of that as well. So there you have it. Jason Egley, 615-250-2723. And I don't have the disclaimer. It's underwritten by, hold on, let's see. Here we go. There you go. I, I, I think one one disclaimer. Once is enough. enough. Are you sure? I don't know. <laughs> they didn't tell me. They didn't. Did they say you had to play it multiple times? No. Okay. Then See, once is enough. We're still getting used to our new surroundings. Couple of bugs to work out. Oh, a, a couple happens. It's it's okay. This this show has we have never ever claimed Mm-mm. to be the most professional or perfect show. We have, however, claimed to have the most timely and comprehensive coverage of sports in and around Southern Middle Tennessee. That we can handle. And this segment has nothing to do with Southern Middle Tennessee. <laughs> But we've got to talk about Scott Cochran as he has stepped away from the University of Georgia 
You know, a lot of folks thought when he left to go to Georgia from Alabama that it was going to be a detrimental loss to to Alabama and Nick Saban. Is there such thing as a detrimental loss to Alabama and Nick Saban, other than Nick Saban? Yeah, no, I, I think I think Saban is the. I mean, he's the he's creator. the special sauce. Yeah, he's I mean, the creator of that process. Yeah. So whatever you know, whomever steps into that role is is going to be part of the process. Now, I do think that Scott Crocker is probably better than others. Sure. That's fair. But I don't think that Scott Cochran is irreplaceable at Alabama. He may be irreplaceable at Georgia. Georgia has to hope not at this point. Timing is not great. Timing is is not great. Uh, Cochran stepping away from the football program due to, quote, health issues, according to Kirby Smart. Some reports saying it's related to a an addiction. I, I I can't confirm that. I don't know, but there have been reports and sources uh, who have reported that it's it's due to an Adderall addiction. And I I don't want to make light of that because addiction is horrible. But based on this guy's demeanor, that's not surprising. I mean, he's they used to play his video on third down in Bryant-Denny Stadium where he just literally was yelling at the top of his lungs pretty much for a good 30 seconds. So, and his, I mean, if you see him on the sideline, you watch him on the sideline, he's just always hyped up. I thought, you know, this dude is just different. Well... Possibly this is part of it. I don't know. You know, uh, I had to say to get too far into that just because, I mean, yeah, you're right. It has been reported, and clearly he has been pretty intense on the sidelines. I I guess my – the first thing that jumped out at me when I saw that was, you know, this was a guy who was – thought to be a candidate or it was thought that he should have been a candidate for the Vanderbilt head coaching position. And I was just thinking, you know, as you mentioned the timing of the situation, how tough that would have been had that actually played out. And this is a head coach having to step away from his program for whatever reasons it is that he's having to step away at Georgia. How detrimental that would have been so I, I guess that was my biggest you know takeaway from the situation i will say this kirby smart wasted no time going to get some help in the defensive analyst position as he has hired will muschamp i didn't realize that he was not on a staff already. I'm pretty sure that he's Butch Jonesing it. Collect a check from South Carolina while I coach over here at 
Georgia. But I, I I didn't realize that he was not an analyst somewhere else. Yeah. Yeah. Well, all I know is that Will Muschamp being on staff at Georgia is probably going to end up being very positive for the Bulldogs. Oh, you, I, you can't think otherwise, really. I mean, this is a guy with my goodness with head coaching experience at two SEC East programs, and when he was at Auburn and Texas and LSU. Very successful as an assistant. We talk about it all the time. Some guys just aren't head coaches. Will Muschamp might be one of those guys who just simply isn't a head coach material. But suggestions and decisions and all that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But when he's an assistant, his teams are good. Really good. His defensive units are really good. Really good. Yeah. So. So that's. Seems to me like it worked out really well for Georgia in that regard. As well as it could. As well as it could. Yeah. Uh, he's still missing a strength and which I don't think he was doing strength and conditioning there. He was a defensive coach. Hmm. Uh, that's the reason that he left Alabama was to get on the field. To get on the field. Right. Uh, so there's that. Um, real quick, Missouri has hired. The school's first female athletics director. Also the school's first minority athletics director. Yeah, there you go. I, that's not in the story that I'm looking at anyway. I, I saw it in a tweet last night. Um, I forgot about it. <laughs> Desiree Reed Francois becomes the SEC's second female athletics director behind of course Candace Story Lee. So congratulations to Reed Francois. I like that. That is a heck of a name. That that's almost an all all name team. Desiree. Reed Francois. Reed Francois. Francois. <laughs> Francois is just a good name in general. When I was coaching summer league baseball we used to have to play against a kid named Francois. And Spelling it for the scorebook was always fun. We didn't put that little thing <laughs> under the sea when we wrote it out, though. We, yeah, we, well. we, we just wrote it like Frank, Frank Hoyce. <laughs> <laughs> Frank Hoyce. I love it. Oh, man. Also, really quick, Arizona State is in the <laughs> <laughs> They're in a situation, boy. Herm Edwards has gotten this team into some. You play to win the game. <laughs> He's he. Uh, I mean, this is like, and I, I did not expect this. No, I don't think anybody did. I mean, you know, three years ago you were celebrating Herm Edwards at Arizona State and Kevin Sumlin at Arizona as as. Fantastic hires for both those pl- programs. Sumlin has flamed out, and Herm Edwards and Herm, was and good Herm, hire. And, and Herm Edwards has said, "Hold my beer." Yeah, I, I mean, <laughs> which would you rather be? Bad and lose, or cheat and win? <laughs> exactly. I, I think there's got to be an asterisk there because I mean. 
I think if you're going to cheat and win, the key is to not get caught. Or not immediately, anyway. <laughs> at, least not, I mean, at least not this quick. Yeah, I mean, they've not really even reaped anything from the cheating yet, which tells you how bad they were at it. Let me tell you, when Will, Ray, Will Wade retires from the, LSU. The book that he's going to write. <laughs> the speaking engagements that he will be able to get well well i say that with now with nil i'm not sure tell how, it all brother tell it all i'm not i don't sure. believe i'd have told that <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah there's there's plenty of that i, I just I, I don't know if are we spending too much time worrying about what these coaches getting, and what they're getting and, yeah now oh. in the world of nil Good question. Does it matter where it came from? Does it matter how much it was? I think it does. I think the how much definitely matters. I mean, it, NIL even has limits well, there. Well, I think it matters if not. I don't know. I mean, I start to say it matters if not everybody has the same opportunity. But, I mean, NIL on its very face is going to be a little capitalistic anyway. So, and I don't know. That's a heck of a question. I mean, I don't know exactly what ASU did or is being accused of doing. Well, one of the things they're being accused of doing is dead period illegal recruiting. illegal on campus visits. Right. Visits when campus wasn't supposed to be open, whether it was for pandemic reasons or recruit, recruiting reasons or both. You know, having kids on campus when they weren't supposed to be there and even going so far as to sneak them up backstairs so that they weren't seen by you know, compliance people. So, obviously, we're, I mean, we're not talking about illegal payment. inducements. Yeah. Not, I, I mean, honestly, I guess it gives you an advantage if other if other schools are closed and they're not bringing kids on campus and I get the whole, you know, don't simulate game day experience stuff, but it's, this doesn't seem like it's that big of a deal in the grand scheme of things. Obviously it's, it's a big, it it is improper, but it's Arizona state. I got to do something, right? Right. We 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 got to even the playing field Somewhere. some kind of way. Yeah. yeah. We're not in LA. We we aren't Southern Cal. We're not UCLA. I don't we know though, dude. Have you ever been to Tempe? I have. Guess what? It ain't bad. Guess what? Ain't there though? LA. The beach. <laughs> uh, there are there are worse places to go to school than Arizona State. I'm not saying there that you're not wrong. I'm just saying that you can drive 10 minutes and there are plenty of things to um, just, enjoy. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, <laughs> In L.A. And and you're not wrong. No. I mean. And Arizona State doesn't have. You know what they do have? Where yeah. would you rather go to school? Arizona State or Washington State? Well, there's a I mean, there's the obvious answer there. Obvi- I mean, for me, but. I'm just saying, you know, Cuba Gooding Jr. is their most famous former football player. 
Tell me I'm wrong. <laughs> Tell me I'm wrong. Name anybody else that played football at Arizona State right Jake, now. Jake Plummer. Okay. Again, not more famous than <laughs> than Rod Tidwell. <laughs> than Rod Tidwell. Wow. <laughs> I'm just saying, we got to even the playing field somehow. <laughs> anyway. You're not wrong. You're, yeah. All right. Oh, man. Anyway, the reason that this got brought up is that Chris Hawkins and Prentice Gill have been placed on paid leave. They are assistant football coaches uh, at Arizona wait a minute, State. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. You're going to pay me and I don't have, have to, to coach, coach at 100 a- degree temperatures? <laughs> Call me when it's. October. Sign me up. Call me yeah. in October. Or or don't. <laughs> as long as I'm still getting paid. Oh, I mean that's yeah. yeah. So yeah. they're they're on paid leave related to that investigation. Uh, he joins Adam Brenneman, who is a tight ends coach, who was placed on leave last month related to the same investigation. Herm Edwards may not he, he may be the so only one. So you know on you know the you know these three guys are texting their quote stat, staff mates. Yo, what's up? How's it going out there? Y'all staying hydrated? <laughs> you know, I mean, sure is cool here in this mm, apartment. Hello, where yeah. I'm watching film. If do if nothing else, yeah, got to stay up on you know what's going on. But yeah, yeah. I'm sure. <laughs> anyway. All right, let's get out of this because Rod Tid one Jake Plummer got me. <laughs> Show me the money. That's what those coaches are saying. Well, of course. <laughs> Show me the money. I, I'd have been disappointed if that line had not gotten used before the end of this segment. So, yeah. <laughs> JP, show us the break because we got to get out of here and go talk a little Peyton Manning on the other side. Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today. Stick around. Hey, folks. While we take a quick break from the show, I want to tell you about our friends over at Custom Stone Handlers in downtown Columbia. Ned Rich and his team at Custom Stone Handlers believe in leadership. And outside of the military, our greatest leader-building platform is sports. Custom Stone Handlers proudly encourages young people to get in the game. You can contact them today at 931-490-4990 or visit customstonehandlers.com. Middle Tennessee Sports Today. Once again, live from the Lee Company studio with the Hall of Famer Mo Patton, here's Chris Yow. Welcome back into Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint, coming up on the bottom of hour number two. Glad to have you with us here. WZYX 94.5 The Eagle, WKOM 101.7 FM, Facebook, Twitter, sm-tnsports.com, wherever you like us, wherever you get your podcasts, check it out. We'll have that later as well. Want to get into the big events from over the weekend as the Pro Football Hall of Fame inducted some members. 
including one Peyton Manning, they were given just six minutes for their speeches. Now, anybody who has ever heard Peyton Manning give a speech, six minutes is not a long time. But he kept it to the six-minute mark, and Trey Wingo tweeted, that wasn't just a speech, that was a presentation. And as we mentioned earlier, talking about the presentation of the pictures that coincided with what he was speaking about in his speech, pretty cool. That's what he does. We don't have the pictures available, but we do have Peyton's audio. We'll get to that in just a second. But first, I got to talk about this. Edron James, his bust is fan-freaking-tastic, okay? He said, quote, When I'm long dead and gone, kids are going to be walking the halls of Canton, and they're going to come across the gold bust of Edron James, the only bust with dreads. And he joins a couple of other folks with cool hairdos in the, in the hall. But I love that he just, that they, I mean, they didn't try to downplay that. They just, it was part of it. And I think it was, uh, it, 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 it was iconic for him, right? It, yeah, I mean, that was, what else would he have? Right. I mean, that's what he played with. I mean, and the old, the only reason you you don't see the gold teeth is because his, his lips are, his mouth is closed. And yeah. it's kind of hard to put gold teeth on a on a bronze, bronze bust. But I mean, <laughs> but I mean, what what else would he have other right. than other than the dreads? Uh, but and I mean, they, they one, did a great job with it. One day when they induct Derrick Henry into the hall, he's going to have uh, a that. That Whatever ponytail, that is, yeah. yeah, hangs out of his helmet. Yeah, oh, yeah. Man. Whoever creates those busts has got a heck of a challenge ahead of them. That's for sure. But yeah, that's this is the first time I've seen this picture, and it's really cool. I mean, but uh, that's what he played with his entire career. What else would he have? I liked what he said. He said, "I started. I, I came into the league with gold teeth, and I'm leaving here with a with gold, gold jacket." jacket. So that's pretty cool. I, I'm I'm a big Edron James fan. I, I, I thought you know, even though he was a Colt, enjoyed watching him play. So remember when Edge was a Colt? I was a Colts fan because I was a Peyton fan. Look, I, I didn't care. In Alabama, you don't care. Who cares about pro football? <laughs> <laughs> football what's it well i mean all those guys go somewhere you know exactly and peyton went to indianapolis and so i didn't have a team why not keep rooting for the guy who made me a tennessee fan i wouldn't be a tennessee fan if it wasn't for peyton manning so i'd be laughing at all you guys with my 19 national championships as an alabama fan so (laughs) there's that but yeah so i mean i was a big edger and james fan because he helped win championships so there you go edge um, I liked what Tom Brady said about Peyton though. He's like, man, I got to show up because I got to make sure the dude's really done. Can't risk him coming back. So, well, <laughs> much as I hate to admit it, there will be many saying the same thing about him whenever he is finally done. So in, well, 
we'll just let Peyton tell you about Tom's future speech. Now, yesterday, it was just a dream, but tonight, it's reality. Anyway, I just think it's pretty cool to say you're on the same team as Johnny Unitas and Slinging Sammy Ball. I am honored to be a member of this elite class and a teammate of Drew's, Coach Floors, John, Calvin, Allen, and Charles. To be inducted on the same weekend with one of my favorite teammates of all time, Edger and James, is a thrill. Being reunited with Edgerin, my old teammates, the great Marvin Harrison, Marshall Falk, our Colts architect, Bill Polian, our Colts leader, Tony Dungy, is really something special. And I'm proud to be on the same team again with John Elway and the joint fellow Denver Bronco alums, Steve Atwater and John Lynch in this weekend's induction class. And there's room for more Colts and Broncos in here, I'm just saying. We have inherited the history of this sport, even helped create it, but our responsibility cannot stop there. If we simply relive history and don't ignite the future of the sport, then we're not doing football justice. Each of us has deep roots in this game. Football even helped us carve out a place to belong. In my youth in New Orleans and in Newman School, football carved out a place for my favorite quarterback, my hero, my role model, my dad, Archie Manning, to pass on something he loved to me. <clears throat> dad, there's no one I would rather have or be more appropriate than you to welcome me to this stage. My dad enabled me to play balls with my brother, Cooper and Eli, the two best brothers a guy could ask for. And it gave my mom plenty of reasons to both beef me up and patch me up. You talk about rocking out with the most loving mother who can also break down a cover two defense as well as any NFL quarterback. In college, at my beloved alma mater, the University of Tennessee, football gave me a platform to help me grow as a man and refine my skills. Entering the NFL, the game gave me a profession where I could measure myself against the very best and live camaraderie at its deepest level. I always thrived on being coached, and I learned from some of the very best coaches in the business, many of whom are here tonight. Sadly, we have lost two special coaches to me this year, the great Howard Mudd and my good friend Greg Knapp. May they both rest in peace. After my playing career, I hung a whistle around my neck, and I've coached my son's flag football team for the past two years. Now, I'm not sure I'm a very good coach, but hopefully that role will enable me to make a hands-on contribution to the future of our sport. Over the years, I've had the most unbelievable support from family, friends, fans, coaches, teammates, and support staffs. And I just can't say thank you enough to all of you that have come here tonight to help me celebrate. To Jim Arcee and the Indianapolis Colts organization, my gratitude is off the charts. You drafted me in 1998, and it was a joy and a privilege to represent the Horseshoe. And to Pat Bowen, the Bowen family, and the Denver Broncos organization, you took a chance on me at a crucial moment in my career, and I will never forget it. Thank you from the bottom of my heart.
When I officially retired from football five years ago, whether in person, on a call, or in a handwritten letter, I said all the thank yous that we unfortunately don't have time to repeat tonight. But trust me, they are as heartfelt now as they were then. To my wife, Ashley, there are no right words to express how grateful I am for you. Thank you for your unstoppable love and support. And to our children, Marshall and Mosley, you came into the world at the exact time that I needed you most. The two of you have already given your mother and me a greater inheritance than we could ever leave you. If football has become my home, the people of the great states of Louisiana, Tennessee, Indiana, and Colorado have become my extended family. And as everyone knows, you can never really leave family behind. I never expected to stand on this stage tonight. If it weren't for those busts and the memories of forever loyal fans, tonight's details would blur and cheers would fade. However, our hearts will cradle the memories forever. Throughout our lives as players, coaches, staffs, and fans, we've become essential to the sports landscape. I don't know about you, but I'm not done with this game. I never will be. I'm committed to ensuring its future, and I hope you will join me in that commitment. As members of this honored class, we have a responsibility to make our game stronger, from the corner playground to the most celebrated stadiums. During the past two years, the game of football has been challenged by an explosion of sports and entertainment options, safety concerns, erupting social justice issues, and a worldwide pandemic. Displaced fans have taken on an entirely new meaning as our stadiums have been shut down and fans shut out. We certainly shouldn't walk away now. When we leave this stage tonight, it is no longer about us. It is about cultivating the game that has given so much to us. It's about nurturing football to live and thrive another day, another year, decade, and another generation. It's about guaranteeing that kids everywhere can learn, bond, grow, and have fun with every flag pulled, every tackle made, every pass thrown, every run, block, sack, and touchdown scored. The audience here tonight is made up of die-hard fans who feel football deep in your bones. Now, we may have ignited the fire, but you, you have fanned the flames. Inevitably, those flames will be whipped by the winds of change, but they don't need to smolder. The future of this game is ours to shape. We just need to take tomorrow on our shoulders as readily as we donned our pads before each game. Let this moment become a cherished memory. And then remember, a legacy is only worthwhile when there is a future to fuel. God bless you, and God bless football. So uh, we missed the first part of it. The first part was where he talks about Tom Brady and said that they only gave us six minutes, but you know, next year it'll be four. And by the time Tom Brady is inducted in 2035, that he would just have to post it on Instagram. <laughs> That was the first thing he said, but that wasn't part of his speech, so I guess that's why I didn't get. Oh, there we go. Not a big deal. Uh, you know, people getting choked up during Hall of Fame speeches, you know, that's kind of cool. <laughs> that's a shot at Mo, who got choked up during his Hall of Fame speech to JP. <laughs> he had me crying. Stop it. Stop it. But seriously, like, you know. Those moments, and and it's a good thing that he thanked his wife, Ashley, because we've seen that happen before. <laughs> yeah. 
But, uh, but you know, those moments are really cool when you get a chance to, to give your thank yous and, and reminisce. And a guy like, like Peyton Manning, who really had, you know, he, he had a, a hall of fame career on every level. You just, you, you, you go, that's a guy that, that you want to be a representative of your game. Yeah. And you know, I don't, I don't know why it felt cool to see in the highlights that Philip Fulmer and David Cutcliffe were there. I mean, I don't know why I expected anything otherwise, but it just really struck me as cool to see those guys there. Cutcliffe especially. I mean, he probably did more to create the Peyton Manning we know than anybody. Yeah. I mean, including Archie or... I mean, he had the drive of of understanding the game and breaking down the game, but the quarterback that we know, we probably don't know without David Cutcliffe. I would would say that's accurate. And I was fortunate enough to to cover the University of Tennessee Peyton sophomore and junior year. And so I I certainly would not disagree with you on that. I I think the influence that David Cutcliffe had, you know, on Peyton, on Eli, on every quarterback that he's worked with. I mean, he he certainly hadn't made anybody worse. Daniel Jones? Who, <sighs> I mean, come on. How many other starting quarterbacks from Duke? From Duke, yeah, right? I'm just I mean, saying. Yeah. I mean, you're you're right. I mean, I, I, I had the opportunity to sit with Coach Cut. He was at um, the state championships one year when they were at Vanderbilt, and he was – I think he was at Ole Miss at that point and was recruiting some kids up this way and just just being around him. He's just such a solid dude, man, and so happy to see the success that he's had. But, yeah, the 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 individuals that he has impacted on the field, off the field, it it, it just really felt cool to see him. And, again, I, I, it's not like you wouldn't expect him to be there for Peyton Manning's Hall of Fame induction speech, but it, it just felt good to see him there. No question. Hey, real quick before we get out of here, JP, the Triple Stripes are back on West End. <laughs> the Triple Stripes. Yep. Vanderbilt has mm-hmm. released their, their unis. new football okay. uniforms. I have not seen this. They're they're really cool, except well, I have I have one issue. You can turn this around right here if you want to see it. It's uh, yeah. Oh yeah, I see that. So here's my my, my problem with it. Okay. As you will you will get this. Mm-hmm. Their white uniforms have gold freaking mm, names on the the, the nameplate is yeah. gold on the you white. You can't jerseys. read that. You can read the number, I guess. Number's the main thing. I guess, but if you're going to put a name on there, make it readable. Or why put it on there? Or don't put it yeah. on there at all. It doesn't make any sense. But I love this. They put the, the V look. without mm-hmm. the star, the big V on the side of the helmet, mm-hmm. which I think is kind of better to me. I think it's better. I, I would have much rather seen Vandy. No, they need the to star V. You don't, I don't like the star now, v? Yeah. You don't like the big just, just no. the V? I, I kind of like just the big V. The V, that's that's the baseball thing. Um, star V, I think, needs to be the uh, well. 
I mean, on the helmet. That's just my personal take. Well, I mean, if it's as the resident Vandy fan, yeah, if it's a baseball thing, I'm, I'm not sure that you can go wrong in adopting, <laughs> adopting it. it. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. I mean, I personally like the script Vandy, but although I think uh, I think that V when um, when Clark Lee was there, that's what probably yeah. they had some of that at that point. Yeah, I, I think this is mm-hmm. a Clark Lee going back to yep. his days type thing. I love the rest of the look though, uh, the the stripes and um, yeah, I like all that. It's it's less modern. Mm-hmm. It's more. Yep. Hey, we're throwback ish. Yeah, and I'm, a, I'm old school, and I'm here mm-hmm. for that. Yep. Uh, but again, Vanderbilt old school football is that really a feel that you're looking for? <laughs> yeah, they were really good back in the twenties. Can we go back to leather helmets then? Mm-hmm. I guess yeah. uh-huh. maybe that'll help. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, anyway, I like the look. I think it looks good. Um, well done to Clark Lee and the folks over on West End. Uh, it, it's a good look. If you look good, you play good. That's what you hope for. Let's hope. All right, we're going to take a break. When we come back, we're going to talk to T. Willie about uh, this weekend's affairs down in, uh, well, down on Broadway and other places around. Was it actually on Broadway? No, but there were, that's where a lot of folks ended up. Uh, Um, Well, KVB and. A a lot of folks end up on Broadway on any given weekend. (laughs) Sometimes, whether they want to or not. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, anyway, we'll talk about all of that. Motorsports, other shot of the break. Stick around. Fast Stop Markets is a full-service, family-owned convenience store chain located in 14 locations throughout Middle and West Tennessee. For those in our listing area, you can find them in Columbia, Centerville, Lawrenceburg, Spring Hill, Dixon, and White Bluff. Fast Stop partners with wholesale fuel brands like Shell, Marathon, and Exxon, delivering a consistent customer experience that is fast, friendly, and clean. If it's not already... It will soon become your go-to store to shop in town or on the road. Fast Stop Markets is proud to be keeping you moving in Tennessee. Keep your home as comfortable as possible. If you have any issues with your air conditioner, electrical, or plumbing systems, call Lee Company. Our techs use visual findings and other technology tools to add transparency and clarity. You see what we see, whether we're in a crawl space or on the roof. We're here 24-7, so if you need us, call us. Lee Company, call 931-548-4448 today or schedule your appointment at LeeCompany.com. That's LeeCompany.com. and everything in between. It's Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today. Live from the Lee Company Studio. With the Hall of Famer, Mo Patton, here's Chris Yow. Welcome back in to Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint, coming to you live from the Lee Company Studio. NWZYX 94.5, the Eagle WKOM 101.7 FM. Of course, on our podcast, we are taped. It's not live. But you can watch the show. 
on Facebook, Twitter, and our website, sm-tnsports.com. Very soon you will be able to see it uh, across several platforms, including the Main Street Preps Facebook page as well. So hopefully that will help you guys share it to someone else. I mean, we will push it out to every possible outlet (laughs) in hopes that at least one of you will listen. Our only listener uh, that we had here in Columbia is now live in studio. (laughs) We've got a live studio audience of one. (laughs) (laughs) Rick and Bubba used to have, and I I guess they still do. I haven't listened to them in years, but they they had a like 10 seats in their studio and they had the golden ticket seats. And yeah. So we've got, we've got two. We've got, well, I, I got a ticket. I, I do that, but it's kind of the same reason that we didn't have paid subscriptions on sm-tnsports.com because I'd be afraid nobody would subscribe. We could give out golden tickets, but I'd be afraid nobody would come. Exactly. And it would hurt my feelings. Yeah, we, I'm we can't. I'm very that. sensitive like that. So. We are getting ready to talk a little motorsports. Finta. First, we need to welcome in. Typically, we only talk to him on Fridays, but hey, look at here, look at here. We got T. Willie, the chicken man, Terry Wilcox on the line. <laughs> Terry, what's up? I'll tell you, what, what an exciting, exciting day yesterday was uh, for the city of Nashville. Hey, look, um, did you know there was uh, a, did you know that they had a race down there? I know there was a party and we do those <laughs> well. <laughs> Uh, a little bit of racing going on while they were partying, but uh, yeah, and second largest crowd in uh, Indy this year. Uh, amazing, uh, eighty thousand Sunday and about one hundred and ten thousand total. Uh, and it was an amazing event. Then uh, the racing was, eh, they had a little bit of issues. They got to fix the course for next year. Uh, looked like uh, it was going to be pretty much Colton Herder's race to win, and lo and behold, a bet. Pitstop comes out fourth, wasn't able to run Erickson down, and then he winds up uh, running into the wall trying to catch him. So, but uh, but the big news was we had a party downtown with a little bit of racing thrown in. So that's what it was. But but everything everything was a huge. They had a six. Excuse me. They had a six point five viewership rating, which blew away the uh, Ally Four Hundreds viewers, uh, which was on different channel. But uh, they only had a I think it was a 5.1. So I tell you, people love IndyCar in Nashville. When we used to run them out to Super Speedway, uh, it was the biggest event they ever had out there. So it's, it's I believe it's here to stay. Going over the bridge was cool, over the water. Uh, and they even had to rescue people down below in case somebody just got in a little case. Yeah, just in case. But great, great event. Nashville shined like it always did. And, of course, that's why we're going to have the awards banquet for NASCAR coming. And probably in 23, you're going to have NASCAR racing at the fairgrounds, I predict. So, Speaking with absolutely. speaking with Terry yep. Wilcox here on Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today, getting an update on the festivities downtown in Nashville yesterday. And, Terry, I did not watch the race. I'm not a big race car guy, as you guys well know, but I did watch the news last night kind of recapping all of it and one of the features was on they um they spoke to some folks that boated 
up the river and watched from their boats. And, and I, I never really thought about that. One, they couldn't ticket those people, I don't guess. So I guess they got to watch it for free, but that's pretty cool if you can do it, I think. Well, not only that, but uh, our owner operator, Mr. Del Kennedy, his friend has a condominium right there near the bridge, and uh, they watch it from the rooftop. And he kept calling in, giving me live updates throughout the race. So I'm sure they didn't get a ticket either. (laughs) So, you know, they did this in Baltimore a few years back, and when they did it in Baltimore, they actually, like, put up curtains, basically, so that people who lived in the – in those buildings couldn't watch the race for free. Yeah. That's the only thing you could do. Now, Delk was, they, they were able, they were near the bridge so they could see, you know, uh, turn, I think it was four five, six and, and six or maybe seven that comes through there and then going back across the bridge, but they couldn't see very well once they got over by the stadium. So they couldn't see anything going on, but most of the excitement was right below them in the turns after they come across the bridge. That's where the wreck seemed to happen. So, yes. but they, yeah, I mean, they might look at something different next time, but uh, you know, if you got that many people coming down, you don't need to sell any you more know, tickets. They, that, that's right. Exactly. So, plenty of tickets but, being sold. Now, let me ask you this. Marcus Erickson, who won the race. Yes. Where is he from? He is actually from Sweden. Okay. All right. I knew he had an accent that told me he wasn't yep. from. You ain't from around yeah, here. Yeah, he, he wasn't from around here by any stretch. <laughs> yeah, but I, I was just curious. So, um, maybe he, from Holland. I don't know. Something like that. But no, he's so, from Sweden. So tell me this. He, his car jumps onto another car. Yeah. Sends another car out of the race. He's able and allowed to basically rebuild the front quarter panel of his car mm-hmm. and wins the race. Well, now, how, how is that possible? Well, what it is in, in their sport, they got that, what's called the front wing. It goes over, it's a thing in front. And mm-hmm. uh, he wound up bending that horrifically when he, when he ran into the back of the other car, but uh, that's a bolt on bolt off. Uh, kind of like if you see NASCAR, uh, they can, they can take a, another piece and, uh, you know, and stick it on the front end of the cars in case, they lose a fender or something, uh, put bear bond on it and seal it. They can do that as well, but that's what they did. And uh, the nose was damaged, but uh, the big thing he had going was his tires at the end. Uh, I don't know if you listen listen to it. They had two different sets of tires, uh, or what they called red tires, which were softer compound, and the black tires, which were hard. And he elected to have the, the softer tires. So what that gave him was a, a bigger runoff for this when he entered exit the straightaways and uh, uh but then could not pass him in the curve so when he got the straightaway he had fa- he was faster and then uh, colton herder would catch him once he got into the corners but he couldn't pass him so it was just a, but yeah he just stayed out is what it is after that wreck he uh he timed his pit stops right and wound up coming out in front of herder at the end there herder come out fourth i think that last stop and that basically was the they were the only two guys that were going to be in contention. And if Hurd hadn't crashed, he might have got him. But you can't push anybody out of the way or you're going to wreck your car. Yeah. So. That's that's the difference of Indy cars. You can't really, you know, you can't you can't Dale Earnhardt anybody into the wall. It doesn't really work So because without hurting yourself too much. But anyway, Terry, we, we appreciate it. I just wanted to say that I'm a little surprised that the five beat the nine. But uh, 
well, out at the Glen, but it you know, is what it is. We appreciate it, man. Well, and then, and then my Sunday pre-race show, I actually uh, I actually picked Kyle Larson to win uh, because I, then I found out that uh, he Elliot had to start from the rear of the field, but he still almost won the race. He still almost won the race despite having to start at the rear. That's crazy. Yeah, but, absolutely. Uh, we're going to let you race. go. We appreciate it. We'll talk to you on Friday, man. Okay, I'll see you guys. Hey, congratulations, all three of you guys. Very, very, I'm happy for all you guys. Thanks, Terry. Appreciate it's new, it. It's a new adventure. Yep. It's gonna be. It's gonna be fun. We appreciate it, man. All right, that's Terry Wilcox. He'll talk to us on Friday about the upcoming Sunday race in NASCAR, not an Indy car. We we only care about Indy car when it's here. <laughs> that's gonna do it for today's show. We appreciate it, Mo. It was good. We'll do it again tomorrow. What do you say? That'll work. All right. We're going to head out of here. Again, if you missed the pod, if you missed any part of the show, podcast is available. SM-TNSports.com, Apple, Spotify, wherever you get your podcast. We'd appreciate you downloading and listening. For Maurice Patton and JP Plant, I'm Chris Young saying have a great day and stay cool, Columbia. <laughs>